Enjoy a moment of relaxing calm with the Vita Health Group Wellbeing series of podcasts to make you feel good, keep you healthy, help you make changes to your life. Vita Health Group is an award-winning market leader and has been at the forefront of healthcare for the past 30 years. Vita Health Group, making people better. Yes, hello and welcome and time for another of the Making People Better podcasts with Vita Health Group. This series explores the challenges of everyday life with a focus on mental and physical health and well-being. I'm Glenn Thompson, your host on these podcasts, which we hope you find useful and informative. And I'm joined on each episode by various experts in their chosen field. I'm joined by private physiotherapist Matthew Riggs. Matthew's with us in the studio. Good to see you, Matthew. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks, Glenn. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Nice to meet you. Uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty, tell us about yourself, then. You're a, a private physiotherapist. That sounds a very grand title, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I went, uh, so yeah, I went straight into the private side. So I grew up in Australia originally, moved over here about 10 years ago now. Initially, I was just doing stuff which isn't even related to physio. I was just focusing on sports, working in the football industry. And then, yeah, decided that I wanted to pursue more of that career-driven sort of path and wanted to help people out so physio was the one that screamed out to me the most what is the attraction of being a physiotherapist then i mean you're sort of dealing with all sorts of uh, uh, aches and pains and fractures and goodness knows what else what's the attraction i mean it sounds cheesy but i guess you just have to enjoy helping people really that's the biggest thing like every day you see a different sort of group of patients you see different people you meet different people you're trying to help people get better no matter what that problem is unfortunately sometimes we can't help everyone but that's when we know the Mm. went to send them away so okay uh, i know 8th of september 2024 next year is world physio day this is something that happens uh, every year isn't it uh, i believe so yeah i think it's relatively recent yeah if, I, if recall but yeah it's uh yeah it happens it happens yearly now okay i know you want to focus a lot on uh, running injuries and what have you so we'll go through some of those today but uh you know if you're uh, if you're out running and you you sort of have a bit of an injury you slip or you pull something what are the common causes of running injuries then matt I mean, the biggest cause for running is mainly like an issue with your training. So normally you're trying to overload, you're trying to do too much too quickly. So, I mean, the biggest ones we get is uh, we, we call them the weekend warriors. So all the people who uh, they, they, they work nine to five, Monday to Friday. And then on Saturday, Sunday, they decide to go out and try to run a marathon over every weekend. And it's just it's just too much for the body to handle. So yeah, it's good to uh, to break it up a little bit. Generally speaking, like normally if you have a previous injury as well, like you're more common to to re-injure that area or areas around that as well can sometimes at a higher risk of causing another injury muscle imbalances is another big one so if you have i said say your your quads and your front are really strong and quite loose whereas your hamstrings quite tight and and not as strong then you you get injuries that way as well and then obviously you get the ones where you just you just run and roll your ankle just a bit unlucky and you get all the other things like age gender higher bmi those sort of things as well so, so yeah they're probably the biggest ones do you think it's a lot you mentioned the people that are in the office all week they're working all week and suddenly they go out the weekend and have a bit of a run and what have you is a lot of it down to the fact that they're just not wearing the right gear they're uh, they're not prepared so they're not doing the right sort of training beforehand the warm-up exercises is a lot of that attributed to the fact that they may be coming up against injuries I mean, it's probably not necessarily down to the, the gear itself. We were going to talk about footwear anyway, but we can talk mm. about it now. Yeah, the biggest thing I normally suggest with footwear, like we get that a lot of people come in, they're just like, Matt, look, I've, I've been changing my shoes recently and I, I can't find anything that's working. I keep getting injuries. My go-to is just you need to be comfortable while you're running, really. So if your feet are feeling uncomfortable in a certain type of trainer, 
then it might be worth changing them. If you change shoes recently and it's causing an injury, then it might be worth changing them or going back to what you were wearing. But yeah, the biggest thing and, and what the studies have suggested is it's just all about getting footwear that's comfortable and obviously, yeah, trying to stick with a similar sort of shoe and not trying to change it up too much. And you hear about um, stretching and what have you, doing the prep before you start the run. I mean, is that important? Yeah, yeah 100%. Again, it's something that's been studied a bit more recently as well, but a lot of people... Like when I give the advice to do more of an active warm up beforehand and then stretch afterwards, a lot of people think like, oh, shouldn't I be stretching before as well? But yeah, a lot of the studies recently suggest that doing stretching beforehand actually reduces muscle strength and reduces muscle endurance. Mm. So that's another thing that people like, they try to do the right thing, obviously, and they're trying to stretch and everything. But if you do more of an active warm up beforehand, so I mean, if you just go on a run, the simple way to do that is just start off with a brisk walk, build that up, do a few high knee raises heel flicks that sort of thing and then get into your run uh, and then afterwards is, is when you focus more on that stretching and things so mm. i think that active warm-up is always one that tends to get missed i see a lot of people stretching but yeah not not so many people doing the active warm-ups that's probably one of the bigger ones i guess to so the warm-up's important as is the cool down at the end i guess yeah yeah so getting all your muscles obviously you've just put them through a bit of a workout so making, <laughs> making sure they're they're able to get through that and yeah, yeah stretching them out making sure they're they're feeling good so you see a lot of injuries i'm guessing in clinic what are the most common ones you're seeing we see a whole variety so yeah i I treat more than just running injuries as well but yeah just in terms of i mean your general ones we get lots of like unrelated to running we get lots of like back knee uh shoulder pain they're probably the three we see the most and then yeah in terms of running itself we probably see so you get like your anterior knee pain which is like layman's terms kind of like the your, your runner's injuries or your runner's knee tendinopathies are always a big one so when you get pain normally it's around the achilles is when we see that the most then you get your muscle strains normally again i mean that's really normally calf related but obviously it mm. can be can be anywhere sort of generally in the legs so hamstring or, or quads as well plantar fascia is a, another one we see which is just a real annoying one to treat and how do you treat those man what do you do i mean you put a cold compress on them and what do you do exactly for the plantar fascia yeah essentially the more you can load the better it's going to be so i the way i like to describe it is almost like your muscles around it so yeah your calf is always a big one which attaches into your achilles which then runs down underneath and then the plantar fascia kind of like merges into there so the biggest thing is getting your calf muscle as strong as it can be and as as flexible as it can be in terms of the plantar fascia itself there's a variety of different studies like you can try stretching it out you can try rolling it you can Mm. try icing it which i normally do suggest to do those things but some people it works for some people it doesn't so i normally suggest yeah try it try rolling the bottom of the foot try icing the bottom of the foot on top of the other things that, that we just said and yeah if it works for you it works if not just focus on the strength and the loading and then if that doesn't work then we've got like some other things so we do shockwave at one of our clinics now in crystal palace so we offer that for plantar fascia if that doesn't work then you kind of go down the injection route so obviously we don't want to get to those things but there are mm. options out there if it is something that goes on for like six to nine months and it's just not getting any better then yeah we do have mm. things up our sleeve that we can we can work with brilliant okay a, a typical you know average strain or fracture i mean i know everybody's different but you know in terms of repair how long does that take to sort of get better so like muscle strain itself you're looking at by the book it's something like six to eight weeks i normally I'd be a bit more hesitant i normally say about eight to twelve weeks yeah. and that way if someone's better in six weeks they're like oh he's doing a great job he's, he's got me sorted <laughs> earlier yeah. so yeah I, I like to be a bit more on the safe side when getting those sort of things out in terms of fractures so the biggest thing with running is stress fractures 
normally uh, if we suspect it you get we get send you straight off get a scan done yeah. uh normally then you're in a boot for i think it's about a couple of months and then after that it's just all about rehabbing after that making sure everything's strong around it and, and getting you back running as quickly as you can really so they're the normal ones plantar fascia though, as i said it's it's a real annoying one it can take i mean some people struggle with mm. it for like 18 months so that's more one you have to have that chat with the patient and say like look it's not something that's going to improve overnight but we can do as best as we can really absolutely uh, let's talk about the common training errors then matt and uh, tips as well on injury prevention what can you offer normally in terms of loading is like the biggest one so what you want to try and avoid is essentially like sudden increase in your running so as i said like with the weekend warriors they're not doing anything throughout the week and then they're running a lot on the weekend i guess that's also putting an extra strain on your body isn't it if you know if you're sort of sitting around pretty idle all week at a desk or something and suddenly you're going out at weekends it's it's extra stress on the body isn't it yeah exactly that exactly that like you're putting more stress on it it's obviously if you're doing it like it's fantastic to be doing exercise on the weekend don't get me wrong but Mm. yeah it's about getting that little bit of a balance and even if you're doing like your bigger runs on the saturday and sunday that's fine but if you're doing like just some smaller runs on the throughout the week as well just to just to get yourself moving and keep moving um is obviously a big one so yeah and then in terms of if you're leading up to say you're training for like a half marathon or a marathon so you really want to be increasing at the right sort of loading as well so obviously you don't want to be starting off running like 1k then jumping up to 5k then Mm. jumping up to 20k within the space of three weeks so what i normally suggest is to try and stick to about a 10 percent increase in your training load per week which we do have i normally we've got like this little calculator thing that if i mean some people are really really into tracking their runs and everything like that so we do have a little app that they can use to do that and then that gives you an idea of how much you're increasing your running Mm. by and everything like that as well which yes as i said some people love it because they love checking their runs and everything other people are just not interested at all which is absolutely fine but yes as i said like 10 percent is normally what we recommend but yeah it's always around that is what you want to try and increase that you do see a lot of people jogging and running and they're they're sort of putting up with a bit of pain aren't they they sort of you see them reaching down to their calf muscles and what have you they've stopped off to uh, have a bit of a drink and a, a rub of uh, the back of the leg and what have you but a lot of people actually do put up with that pain don't they and they carry on running what would you say to those sort of people get it sorted i mean ideally you'd want to come and check it out i mean a little aches and pains are, are common everyone gets aches and mm. pains so i guess it's that little bit of a uh, when to see someone and when it's fine which is obviously quite a difficult thing to do but if it's something that if you just have one run and you feel let's say like your calf muscle just feels a little bit tight you're able to run through it it's fine it doesn't really come back then you're probably good it mm. probably just had a, a slight sort of irritation that day for whatever reason it was a little bit tighter so i'd probably suggest in terms of coming to see someone it'd be when you're getting consistent pain which is sort of you're going on like say you're running four times in a week mm. and every day you've gone for that run that pain is there and it's a similar type of pain that's obviously a time when you want to look at to try and see what that is a lot of the times though we see people which i mean it's not too late but essentially they, they've had that pain now for already like a month or two months yeah. and they've been putting up with it and obviously like the longer an injury goes on for the slightly longer it takes them to to recover so more damage you can do as well i guess it's like if you're running on a calf strain for example like the more load you keep putting through that the more slight little irritation and slight sort of tears you can get in mm. that muscle as well so mm. yeah i guess it's sort of finding that balance between something that is really painful versus something that's just a little bit irritated at the time and getting it checked out 
Yeah, they're probably the biggest ones in terms of your, your little injuries. Obviously, like the big things, the big things that we look to avoid, particularly if someone's building up to their like a marathon or a half marathon, then you want to try to avoid those stress fractures. So they're the ones that, that we want to catch as quickly as we can because then mm. that way they'll be obviously offloading as quickly as they can as well and be back to running quicker. And I guess the biggest thing sort of with that is looking for sort of like pain that starts and gets worse during your run like versus like a tendon pain for example whereas that will be probably uncomfortable initially when you're starting running and then as the muscle and the tendon warms up the pain will probably ease and will probably might even go away completely Mm. and then towards the end of the run it'll be quite painful again whereas for a stress fracture that just gets worse pretty much throughout the run it's there the entire time that's one of the indicators that we look at if you have any sort of swelling is obviously another another big one night pain is obviously a big one as well like if you get in night pain i'd probably get in to see someone you can get night pain with tendinopathies as well mm. but if you're getting that it's just better to be safe just better to check it out better safe than sorry great thanks for that matt so let's uh, talk about the importance then of strength and conditioning now then in running and uh, also some key muscle groups and exercises that we can do again i think that's a big one that a lot of runners when people come in and they're injured one of the first things i always ask them is about their like how far they're running that sort of thing but if they're doing strength and conditioning on top of that as well, like a lot of the times we see people come in with injuries, they're not doing enough strength and conditioning. They might be doing a little bit, but ideally you want to be doing at least probably two sessions of strength and conditioning a week, I'd say. So in terms of just not like purely statistical, so there's an, there was analysis done in, I think it was 2013, it showed that strength and conditioning in the key muscles reduced the injuries by about 50%. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a significant number that if we can make that a bit more well known to people that you need to do a little bit of strength and conditioning then it's gonna that's gonna help people really (laughs) what about something we haven't touched on matt and that is we discussed uh footwear and what have you and the clothing you should sort of wear what you should eat and drink before a run i mean that's important as well don't go out on an empty stomach but make sure you're well hydrated so important isn't it yeah exactly i mean hydration's key for feeding muscles similarly with food I mean, if you look at sort of like the professional top athletes, they're probably eating carbs about two hours, two and a half hours before they go for a run and things like that. But yeah, I'd say like the biggest thing is hydrating well before and after your run. Obviously, you sweat a lot while you're running. You're going to lose a lot of water. So it's about hydrating afterwards as well. And then getting probably straight after your run, just fueling up a little bit, just Mm. whether that be like a banana or just like a breakfast bar, something like that, just to get a little bit of something back in you. But yeah, definitely as you said, like it's really yeah. it's, it's important to do. I'm guessing also you see a lot of injuries from people who literally go headstrong into it. They think to themselves, right, I need to get some exercise in. I need to start doing some running. They go headstrong into it and try to do a, a long run at the very start of their running career, if you like. Like anything in life, you start off with small amounts. You work up to that uh, to that longer run, don't you? You must see a lot of that in your uh, in your sort of line of work, and a lot of people coming to you with injuries because they've never really run any great distance before. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right i think again they're trying to do the right thing but yeah. it's just they're trying to go too far too soon so i mean I, I use it as a recommendation for not only like running injuries but even just returning to some sort of sport like the catch to 5k that was released by the nhs is it's a it's a fantastic app yeah. and yeah. even if like if you're at a reasonable level of fitness already then you know skip week one go on to week two if that seems a little bit easy then go on to week three but it's a great app because it gets that little bit of a training load mix in there as well so you're doing a little bit of faster running you do a bit of walking you do Mm. a little bit of jogging and that's important to get into your exercises as well 
and it does keep that sort of incrementation as a, as you're running and as you're increasing it it keeps it at a at a level where again you're unlikely to pick up an injury so yeah 100 i think using something like that is important it can help and i do think that yeah some people might just be going a bit too bit too far too soon absolutely i mean you had some great training yourself didn't you, you had a great sort of uh, playground in australia uh, yeah. moved, moved to london what 10 years ago grew up in australia were you literally running along the coast the gold coast uh yeah sunshine coast wow. i can't say gold coast glenn that's that's our rivals <laughs> uh, <Sunshine Coast. laughs> don't worry we'll yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i used to be out uh yeah running from uh, my, my parents now live on a in a flat about five ten minute walk from the beach so yeah i used to do my little bit of a warm-up as i got down there and then run up and down along the coast uh, and then go for a light swim afterwards as my warm down so yeah it's a fantastic setting <laughs> absolutely <laughs> can't really get that in london though <laughs> okay great thanks matt um muscle groups we haven't really focused in on muscle groups then what are the key muscle group areas that people should be thinking about and working on and training yeah so for running in particular it's it's generally going to be your lower lower half starting from the core down like the core is a, is a really important one so like it gets missed a lot again while you're running but it's mm. it's really important because it's maintaining your lumbar and, and pelvic stability so, so while you're running so if you have a weak core you're probably going to have a bit of a a different running style and probably more linked to it to an injury so that's always a big one and then working your way down obviously like the glutes are, are a really important one so they're like a key shock absorber in the response phase so sort of like as you're as you're loading working on sort of around like the lateral side of your hip as well so is another big one so a lot of people do strength sort of going just forwards and backwards but you miss sort of those hip hip abductors as well so that's always a big one to get in it's mm. just to help with going back to some injuries like itb pain is another big one which runs down the side of the leg uh, and if you're strengthening up that area it's going to help prevent that so that's obviously a key muscle group as well and then coming down into the legs, so more like your hamstrings and your quads. So hamstrings are an important one. And again, in, it's something that's probably under-trained in the way that it needs to for running. Because a lot of the times when you're doing exercise, you're exercising a muscle concentrically. So when, you, when you're shortening that muscle. But a hamstring while you're running, it does the most work going eccentrically because it's controlling your leg going forwards mm. so doing eccentric exercises to help your hamstring will will help a lot it's supposed to be quite an easy exercise on paper but it's it's really quite a difficult exercise uh, which is a good one for the hamstrings will be a, the nordic hamstring curl so essentially you're kind of you're on your knees and you're gently just trying to lower your your upper body down so if anyone wants to give that a go at home it's it's a tough exercise i'm taking up my position what laying down on the floor is that what we do so you want to be like on your knees, right. ideally, if you can have someone holding your feet or mm. if you have something like if you just hook your feet underneath the table, like a kitchen, like a coffee table, for example. And then, yeah, you want to keep your upper body pretty straight. You just want to slowly lower your upper body down forwards. Okay. I'm not actually doing it, but I'm visualizing myself yeah. doing it. I will do it after we've recorded the podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And how often should you do that? It depends on what you're sort of trying to load, really. So like if for runners in particular, they're going to work more on muscle endurance. So you probably want to be doing less sets, but higher reps. So with any of the exercises, really, probably if you aim to do about two sets of sort of about anywhere between like 12 reps up. Okay. It's probably a good step. But if you do find as though you, you feel more weak and that muscle is weaker, mm. then you want to be loading that muscle heavier. So you want to be doing higher sets, so three to four sets and lower reps, but a higher weight 
trying to find out whether that muscle is weak or whether it's lacking endurance and okay. trying to focus on that and is this something you do daily on a daily basis seven days a week i normally suggest like a day on day off okay. um so every other day if you're doing it with your running uh so it's good to have rest days as well so mm. i normally suggest to do so again say you're running four times a week you probably want to do two strength and conditioning so that's six days and that gives you a day off even if you're doing like running three times a week, two strength and conditioning, two days off, that's probably a good mix as well. So it's always important to have that day off and allow your body to rest and recover. Mm. But yeah, the strength and conditioning bit is obviously important. I'm going to ask you a question that I asked my son because he's a marathon runner. He's done the London Marathon, Paris. He's done Edinburgh. He's done goodness knows where else. Got a keen, keen marathon runner. <laughs> he's, a, he's a serious marathon. I ask him, what makes you keep going that distance? I mean, what is your... What is your goal? Your goal is obviously to finish, but what keeps you going? I mean, you've obviously done this yourself. What in your mind keeps you just running all that time? You do hit a wall. Like Everyone will hit a wall during a marathon. The London Marathon, for example, is the, the crowd around you and everyone. Like Whenever you're starting to feel like you are hitting that wall, almost just slow down a little bit. Just have a look around you and actually just realize where you are. Look at all the support that you've got. Yeah. And there's always people around you to support you. Like doing a marathon, like all the runners that do it as well, they, they're in the same boat. If you're struggling at a point, there's probably going to be someone else struggling at the same point. So even just having a bit of a chat to them while you're, even if you have to drop back to a walk, it's fine. Even if you have to drop back to a slower run, it's fine. The wall will go, you'll knock it down, and then you just keep going after that. So yeah, it's all about having that support there and, and getting yourself through yeah. those tough bits. I'm on the couch to 5K at the moment. I'm not anywhere near marathons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm only on week three, I think, at the moment. But I've got, I'm lucky. I live on the coast, so I've got the beach near me, and I can run up and down the beach uh, ah, lovely. in Kent, so it's not, too, not so bad. In terms of how Vita can help people, Vita Health Group, when it comes to physio, what do you offer? Me, personally, I'm, I'm based out of two clinics. So I'm in Crystal Palace a few times a week, and then we've got another clinic in technically in Battersea, but, I mean, it's more Clapham Junction. And that's called Physio for All. So... At both the clinics, like we do running assessments, we do obviously a full assessment of, of injuries and things like that as well, give everyone advice, education, any sort of tips and tricks as well, sort of as we're going. Mm. But yeah, like the running assessments are really a really good one. I find it quite beneficial. And again, if you're a keen runner, having a professional sort of look at your running style and give you any tips on that can help as well. Vita offering all that help. Uh, so uh, website details coming up in just a moment. If anybody wants to get in touch with you directly, Matt, what's the best route? Yeah, best route. I mean, just drop me an email, which would just be matthew.riggs, so M-A-T-T-H-E-W.riggs, R-I-G-G-S, at vhg.co.uk. All right. It's been great talking to you, Matt, and uh, hopefully we can uh, maybe lengthen it and broaden it out to a different aspect of physio again, maybe, in the future on a future podcast. be great to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Glenn. Yeah, I'd love to come back on. I mean, as I said, we treat everything, so I I could always come back on and talk about any other type of injury. Brilliant. All right, uh, private physiotherapist Matthew Reeks, thanks for joining us right here on the Visa Health Group Making People Better podcast. And do check out the other episodes in this series, uh, which include men's mental health, there's fatherhood, stress management, exam stress as well. We take a look at that. Also, the menopause and a lot more. Simply search Making People Better where you get your podcasts. I'm Glenn Thompson. Thanks for your company. Until next time thanks for listening thank you for listening to this making people better podcast part of the well-being series from vita health group improving your lives physically and mentally drives everything we do and getting you back to doing what you love is our priority vita health group making people better www.vitahealthgroup.co.uk